Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the Founders in LA podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Cole, and this is an opportunity to shine the spotlight through a product lens on some of the exceptional founders we have as part of the LA community in an unedited one-take organic conversation. With us today in the studio, very excited to have him here. It's Ego Alpi. Uh, thanks for coming and being in the studio with us today, Ego. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. I love it. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsors. Founders in LA is brought to you by Unita Club. Unita Club is the co-working space that sets itself apart. With locations in El Segundo, Manhattan Beach, and Hermosa, Unita is where creativity flourishes. Unlike traditional offices, they provide an inspiring environment where ideas can thrive and business can grow. With Unita, there's no hidden fees, flexible terms, options for dedicated offices, and unlimited access to conference rooms, a photo studio, this podcast studio plus standard 3D printers and 24-7 access at any of their locations. They're local champions who support neighborhood businesses, open their event spaces to nonprofits, and celebrate art, music, and culture. Join Unita Club and experience co-working like never before. Learn more at www.unita.club. That's www.unita.club. We're also brought to you by the Product Managers Association Los Angeles, available at pma.la. They're the largest professional organization for product and designers in LA. With more than 5,000 members from over 500 companies, they host monthly meetups, organize a product leader council, have a mentorship program where they connect working product managers with students from underrepresented groups to build a better and more diverse next gen. And they're hosting the LA Tech Connect Conference where they're featuring how AI is being used in workshop and workflows today. So in product, engineering, design, and marketing how folks are using generative AI tools today in their workflows to make them better and stronger. Learn more about PMA at pma.la. Learn more about LA Tech Connect at latechconnect.com. Our guest today is Ego Alpi. He is the co-founder of a few companies. So Altai Alloys, Unita Club, our sponsor and our host today. Really excited to have him here. And Ape Rider. Uh, Ego, can you can you give us like a thirty second description, if you will, of of what you're doing with all these startups? Will do. Um, so, uh, after spending a majority of my life here in Los Angeles, and especially uh, um, the uh, South Bay of Los Angeles, uh, my approach to business has been uh, pretty much all about impact. And um, uh, as a, as a salesman, uh, that's what I do. I sell things for a living. Um, one thing that's uh, common between these companies uh, is that um, uh, they either directly or indirectly impact. So that's that's something that's uh, important for me, and that's that's what I focus on. Um, uh, with with Aprider, um, uh, it's an e-bike company, nothing special. We just you know manufacture electric bicycles like the other eight million companies out there. Right. Um, the idea is. Uh, don't just uh, come and buy our e-bike because it's much better than anyone else's. Just don't ride your car to work. That's pretty much a straight road that you can go back and forth in, you know, 15 minutes rather than eight and, and just ride a bicycle. The idea is, um, you know, the, uh, that, that carbon footprint, you know, change. And, and um, the uh, Altai alloys is similar. There's nothing really crazy special about it. What we do is uh, we're an aerospace recycling company. Uh, we focus strictly on titanium and nickel alloys and um, uh, don't mine. And uh, instead of mining, just go ahead and uh, reuse, recycle. That's the idea. And um, Unita is basically the um, 
foundation for all of these companies and and the others were um, were basically a hub for uh, the community and, and anyone and everyone that is uh, a part of this community they get to um, um, you know I'm sure individually accomplish a lot but collectively they do uh, the better things and impact more so um, that's basically the hub that we built for uh, all of these companies to flourish and uh, um, that's pretty much it that's the idea Wow. So in, when you talk about impact, it's all, it's, it's awesome. Cause it's, it's not in one specific, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to do this. It's really, it really does feel well-rounded. So, um, I, I, I want to pick on the Altai alloys cause that sounds really interesting. I mean, you know, LA is known for a lot of things. Uh, one of the lesser known, but more, more, you know, profitable things that we have are not, not just profitable, like one of the bigger industries we have is aerospace. And we always talk about it, media entertainment, but our aerospace is, is one of the, you know, top in the world. Um, so you, you focus in that business on recycling the alloys, so titanium and nickel, so that we don't have to do as much mining as, as we would need to do. Uh, yeah, the idea is, <clears throat> uh, well, we're recycling because regardless we do it or not, that recycling is going to happen and it's, it's important. Um, when you mine, uh, the, you, you basically are, uh, um, any, anytime you mine, the loss of uh, habitat or biodiversity or deforestation is guaranteed. You, you can't mine without that. When you recycle, you don't. It's as simple as that. Um, the product can be used again. It's not anything special. Uh, these alloys are exactly the same alloys once they're cleaned up. And um, we basically uh, restore the value in them by putting it back out in the, uh, you know, uh, streamline. So uh, recycling uh, is is really, really crucial. I get it. Some people, uh, some folks may criticize it and, you know, uh, the household level, uh, you know, not everything gets recycled and maybe it's not working, but in aerospace, it's massively important. And that's uh, what we focus on. That's amazing. And, and yeah, because you think about it, it's like, these are precious metals that are hard to find and hard to, to mine. And so, you know, there's so much time and energy and money spent into finding new locations or, you know, getting the last bit, it's less efficient now out of the existing mine. So, you know, taking advantage of a wall, what's already out there, uh, is, is a fantastic way. And it's certainly, um, you know, one of the more unique companies that we've been discussing on, on this podcast. And so I love, I love, I love that impact that you're having there as well as, you know, Ape Rider, the, the e-bikes, uh, especially in Los Angeles, especially in the South Bay of Los Angeles, uh, e-bikes have definitely taken over in the last two years going from, you know, you see it once in a while to, I would say, I would say about 50, 50, or maybe 75, 25% of the bikes out there right now are e-bikes. Mm -hmm. And so for, from your perspective, it's removing need to use internal combustion engines, even on a, a micro scale, even if it's like, Hey, instead of, you know, using your car to go to work, could you just use this e-bike and um, you know, help reduce carbon footprints in that way as well. Yeah. And, 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 you know, uh, it's not just your e-bike, it's a bike at the end. The, the e-bike's entire, uh, point is that, um, I mean, I, I weigh about 300 pounds and, uh, if I ride a bike uh, for he's, my, he's also about six foot seven, so uh, six, nine, actually six, yeah. nine. Wow. <laughs> well, look, um, the, the thing is, um, 
I'd be sweating so much. And and the moment I get to the office, I, it just it just wouldn't be right. The idea about e-bike is whenever it's those hills and you know things when when it gets and also be able to get from point A to B twice faster. So it's not like you're not riding; you're riding just as much. The uh, downside to e-bikes that I uh, dislike is that uh, I see a lot of young kids uh, riding them, and that's something that I'm uh, you know a bit hesitant about. And and I don't like I, I don't like seeing them as you know they're they're flying left and right so besides that the idea of e-bikes are amazing it um, um it's it's absolutely a, a brilliant way to uh um you know um, i guess commute and and pretty much entire europe is doing this on a on a you know it's it's mm. it's what they do it's it's what they've been doing for 100 years they don't they don't they, nobody drives a car so um, I get it. LA is bigger, but I also know that just in South Bay, most of us live here, and uh, we work here. And uh, for for me to uh, for me to drive a car for uh, seven miles uh, versus a bike is just uh, it's it's not necessary. So um, I do I do drive uh, quite often because I have my kids to pick up at all times and take them to practices back and forth, etc. But right. besides that, uh, I'm, I'm I'm all about uh, you know. The, uh, biking. I'm, I'm telling you, we could, I could spend an entire podcast dedicated to uh, railing on the kids these days and how fast they ride and how I feel like, yeah, that there's got to be, there's almost like a motor, there's got to be like a motorcycle license or at least some sort of like, some sort of something you should have to be yeah. able to drive these for these, these middle schoolers who are like, they, they just gotta, they just gotta, it's, it's gotta be licensed or something. I mean, it's just, it's just not, not, you know, it, 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 it Fourteen-year-old or twelve-year-old to go twenty-five miles an hour on a bike—it's it's a lot. It's very fast. It's, oh my it doesn't gosh. it doesn't feel? I mean, when when you ride it, it does not feel right. But again, uh, also on the other hand, uh, um, uh, they 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 can be safe. It doesn't it doesn't mean they won't. It's just uh, uh, seeing them on the street casually all over the place is is the only thing that I'm criticizing, and and we, that's that also uh, says something about us to be able to have more uh, bike lanes and and spend more uh, efforts and money and time on that infrastructure as well as uh, the city of Redondo Beach spent a lot of money on that, uh, um, you know, strand with the bike lane. Uh, mm. and, and that's something fantastic where I can come uh, from my house to uh, uh, the office uh, pretty much and not really uh, uh, be getting into any serious traffic at all, just coming straight from the strand. So. Uh, and 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 frankly, you can go all the way to Malibu with barely going on the roads uh, if you if you if you want. That's great. Yeah, yeah. no, you, they have the this the strand goes all the way up to I think Will Rogers. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so did did you always think that you'd become a founder? Or how did you how did you find yourself in in, in these shoes? Um, I, I I rejected the um, uh, idea of the work hours. I, I rejected the idea um, that. Um, uh you know the the limits or the boundaries that was uh, set by um uh, someone else and um the the fundamental purpose of these uh corporates uh, was just um not the same i i wanted to do something i i i'm i want to achieve something but at the end i want to be able to impact and uh um when when um KPIs are set by someone else when the company just wants something you work for that goal uh, as a founder um, I, I I may have to sometimes do things that are not necessarily as comfortable but I get to choose the path that I want to um, uh, 
um, that I'm, I'm going to be successful or unsuccessful. And then I, I do invest the time and, and, and I do decide on uh, how much effort that I can put. And, um, and also, um, I wanted to create an environment for the people that work with me to, to be in a position to work in much better conditions uh, than, than uh, what I would uh, uh, do as, as, as um, I, I've worked before uh, um, with a with a car maker, and I was in uh, automotive uh, for a little bit, and uh, it was insane. The expectations are, um, you know, wake up, show up, and pretty much don't if you can, don't even go to bed, and just work as much as you can. And that's uh, that just wasn't right. And and also, uh, um, it's mostly um, again the the. The, the f- fundamental purpose, they, they, their purpose was just more money, you know, shareholder return. And, and as a founder, the, the return is um, at Aprider, we, we plant trees and uh, uh, I can, I can uh, sell, you know, 10,000 bikes or 10 bikes, but uh, that's, that's equal to X amount of trees. And there's some sort of uh, legacy that we're building by uh, doing the, um, you know, uh, as we're selling, and and these things are very fulfilling compared to, uh, uh, you know, working uh, for another company, I should say. And you talk about environment, and um, you know, you you are the the founder of Unido, where we're working out of right now as a co working space in a community. Um, how is that has how has that been impacted by you know your experiences? Uh, you know, growing up in that, growing up in that work professional environment to what you are in today? Um, you know, I mean, at Unita, um, we did, we did see, um, um, to be honest with you, the members here um, changed me to be like this even more. Mm-hmm. As in, when we've started, we were thinking more about the return on investment. When we started, we were really thinking about, you know, how this would scale. Today, um, I think about um, the uh, as Unita, uh, the how much how much more impact we can do. What what else we can you know collectively solve or try to go after as a community? I'm I'm um, um, we we do have a, a mural of a vaquita, a whale that lives in the uh, Gulf of Mexico. That's there's only you know seven to ten of them are uh, left. They're they're going extinct, mm-hmm. and and the impact that we can do and and on. So, so the point is living here um, and uh, strictly being in South Bay and the community here, uh, people are uh, uh, aware. They they really care for things, uh, the marine life and, and anything and everything. So um, um, UNITA has been evolving uh, with them and um, uh, with, we, we are also evolving as a company and, and how we think. And, and I, I can definitely say that uh, seven years ago when UNITA started versus now, uh, we think differently and uh, we owe it to the members uh, and the community that we're surrounded by. Oh man, that, that's fantastic. And I, the wor- world has definitely changed in the last seven years all yeah. the, around the world and back. Um, I'd love to dig into, you know, when you first broke away, when you first created your first company, you know, how did you get those first customers? Um, uh, if, I mean, as you need to, uh, it doesn't have to be unique. It can be just like whatever the first company was when you first broke away from the auto industry. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I, I think it was Unita. Yeah. Um, and and uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm into a few things. But but again, uh, Unita is a good example. At Unita, um, 
it was it was a uh, word of mouth. I mean, we 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 ha- this is a LA is a big city, but right. South Bay is a very small community, and people know each other. And when when something a restaurant opens, everybody knows about it. There is no. <laughs> This is not um, this is not uh, West Hollywood. This is this is a very very small area. So uh, for that, uh, immediately um, you know one or two friends uh, that showed up, talked to other people, and just um, my wife I think posted on her Instagram, and then someone else did, and all of a sudden uh, we got our customer one, customer two, and the funny thing is that uh, um, at that time we had five offices, and and uh, we we weren't even. Uh, you know, today we have maybe, you know, 55, but at that time, um, it was just a handful of offices. So once you get a couple of customers, you're already uh, in business. And right. uh, we had more common spaces and stuff like that. But um, overall, uh, it was um, uh, no marketing. We had no money. Uh, it was no um, uh, anything special that we did, but simply uh, us sharing it with our friends. But the growth was very organic at that point on because uh, it took us about a year and a half to go from five offices to 50-something offices and from, I want to say, uh, 4,000 square foot to 25,000 square foot. So uh, in that aspect, uh, we've added square footage, but more importantly, um, we reached over uh, 250 members or so, uh, and, and that was really, really uh uh, um, incredible um, uh, being able to get to where we got to uh, and we did it with zero investment we had no investment from anybody uh, everything anything and everything was just organic we'd go to Home Depot and stain some wood and that was our table you know and, and everything was just very natural so uh, for that um, uh, it's not easy to accomplish that but it's also uh, um, really really fulfilling when you accomplish with uh, something uh as simple and basic as what we've had in the beginning. That's amazing. It is, it's hard to, to think about this in context as well. So you, you built it up, it started organically, and then, you know, the world shuts down, people stop going out. How do you, how did you navigate and success, successfully navigating it? You know, you're still going, there's still three, there's still three locations, each location has many offices. I think the 55 is a total for yeah. all the three locations. So how did you navigate you know, everyone going, staying at home, not going out, not even yeah. going to these off the co-working spaces, you know, how did, how does it, how did you survive COVID and then how have you been able to bounce back? Luck. <laughs> um, I, I, I was lucky because um, we had um, three locations, all were owned by individuals. They were not owned by a financial institution and that matters because mm. when you're talking to that person, there's someone. They, they, they're actual people that live in this community and they're people that understood what we were going through. It wasn't someone's, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the, uh, on, on the books, some, some number that they saw because they had 350, uh, properties and this was one of them. When, right. when you're one of those, they're, they're, it's just so hard to be able to compete. And a lot of people, uh, failed because of that. And it's not that they failed. It's just that the environment put them into that position. With us, um, all of the properties were. Um, um, we went to we went to the owners and said, "This is the situation. We had two hundred some members. Now we have six. Um, you can do whatever you want to do, and uh, it's not necessarily um, that I, um, I I don't care. It's just that I cannot really do anything about this. And uh, they understood us, and uh, they basically didn't." Uh, 
you know, uh, for a for a good time, they didn't get rent from us. And once we made it, uh, we paid and we paid them back for uh, some of the time that was missing. And 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 um, uh, some of them were basically they said, well, nothing you could have done, and and uh, they allowed us to uh, get away with it. So um, it was uh, it wasn't anything that was uh, Ego's magical business. You know, there there was none of that. It was it was simply us dealing with individuals that understood the position that we were in and allowed us to continue what we were doing now given being in their position they didn't have much of a choice either it's not like oh get out i'm gonna get someone else in and they're gonna you know start going so it's, it's right. not like they could have done anything either so um um the, the it allowed us uh to to um uh, continue and and today um i think at some point after uh COVID, we were at 110% capacity, which is uh, amazing for, uh, you know, uh, being able to get to that uh, position where it was very healthy. Now, I'm sure we're not, but uh, I I can definitely say that um, uh, it was simply luck. (laughs) I mean, it's hard to sustain 110% capacity. That's that's... hard to do, man. Um, And I I mean, you're calling it luck, but I do have to feel like some of that community building and impact played a role in it yes their hands were a little tied because like all right well it's not like they're gonna pass on you and the next company is gonna just be able to take that space and and take off with it but i've i have to imagine that the community has been built the it's not just about the the building and the walls and the offices themselves but it really is about the people that are feeling that the communication they have the the challenges they're facing together, um, even though they're different companies, a lot of them are facing, you know, same stages, same problems, similar, similar places. Uh, I have to feel like that all came together as part of this. So uh, you're calling it luck. I, I don't know if I give you that much credit for luck. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm, I, I'm sure there was other things as well. But also uh, be, being in, my, my landlord said only me. They, they didn't have uh, 500 other uh, properties. They had a few maybe. Uh, right. I, I had 240 people that I had to just basically say, you know, oh, I'm coming after you or, you know, I understand your position. I Before even anything happened, the minute that the mayor went out and said, uh, no one's leaving home for the next two weeks, we basically went out and told all the members, we're not getting, we're not going to get any, any dues from anybody until we let you know. And and no one expected that. We just said hmm. we're not gonna we're not gonna collect anything. You know, it doesn't matter what happens. And without even knowing what was gonna happen with our landlords, and and um, and it was simply because it was the right thing to do. These people are paying to be here, and they're using the space. And and all of a sudden, they're uh, you know uh, they, they can't really do anything about it. You know, they can't they can't come in if they wanted to. So um, I think I think these are the uh, advantages of being uh, I guess a small company. We can make basic simple decisions these are the good advantages not having uh, you know uh, major investors that have uh, board seats where you know we got to run these kind of things by them but um being able to do the right thing uh, i think i think pays back eventually and, and uh, right now unita is definitely um, uh, in a position i can say that uh, uh, th- those good things are paying back now that's incredible yeah you yeah. guys you're doing something right that's, that's awesome uh, and usually we try to ground this in LA. This has been very well grounded in Los Angeles, specifically in the South Bay. But, uh, you know, part of this podcast, we like to ask, you know, what, what's the most LA thing that's happened to you tech related or not? So, uh, I'm, I'm not as much into tech. Uh, so 
and, and, and my response is going to be basically uh, something that happened over time where um, uh, I've, I've been living here for about 21 years and, and I, I really did travel quite a bit, uh, both for work and pleasure. Uh, and, and anytime I went somewhere, um, eventually after probably, I want to say 10 years or maybe even less, um, first thing that, you know, I, I, I'd go to Barcelona, I'd go to, uh, you know, any, any city in Europe, let's say Amsterdam, when, when you, when you see these incredibly beautiful cities, you're like, wow, this is amazing. I'd love to live here. But then again, uh, you think about the, uh, you think about the cold and the miserable <laughs> winter and, um, uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm I, I'm a skier. I I love the mountains. I love the oceans. I love everything. I love the seasons. I don't you know, but but I got so used to not having humidity. I got so used to uh, it being seventy two and sunny all the time that uh, now um, now anytime I go anywhere, first thing and the only thing I ask myself is is it seventy two and sunny and <laughs> and that's how I uh, basically. Uh, I guess I should say judge, you know, if, if it's, if it's a good place to consider ever living. So LA changed me in a way where I can say, uh, I'm, I'm addicted to the sun. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm similar. I've grown super soft. I, I, I went to college someplace where it got to be zero degrees, yeah. right? When your insides get cold when you breathe in and, and now I, I can't help if I pack a suitcase anywhere I go, regardless of where it is, I bring a pack of board shorts just in case, hoping yeah. that it maybe will be 72, even <laughs> though, even if it's definitely going to be cold or rainy, like exactly. might as well, we'll see what happens. Exactly. I, I get so used to it. It's just as the same as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for, for sitting down with us. Ego, this is Ego Alpi, um, the founder of uh, several companies, but the, but really making an impact and in, in specifically and especially the, the local community here in the South Bay. So uh, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Uh, thank you again. so much. It's a pleasure being here again. I uh, appreciate right. it. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, Unita, um, a great co-working space to, worth checking out in the South Bay. Uh, PMALA, uh, we'd like to thank you all for listening to us. And uh, if you like what you hear, please smash that subscribe button. Thanks again for joining us and we'll catch you next time on Founders in LA. Thank you.